This is a further prelude to today's episode of Into Your Head Podcast. Hello. Uh, now, I know what you're thinking. Uh, if it's a further prelude, why is it here right at the beginning? Uh, because I'm putting it in uh, in front of the other prelude. I already did a prelude, uh, but you won't hear that until after you hear this further prelude. Because it's not a further prelude if you put it after the existing prelude. No, no. That's an anti-prelude, if anything. No, no. If you have a prelude, and you make a prelude, as I did a few minutes ago, and you decide, oh, I want to put another prelude in with this. I have more to say. Well, you have to prelude the existing prelude. That's not, that's how, that's like, if you're bypassing a town, you're building a, a new highway around the town, you don't say, oh, we'll bypass this town by making the highway go right through the town. We'll make it go uh, right in the middle between the streets that are all blocked up. We'll make another street and we'll call that a bypass. You wouldn't not. You might do that and call it an inner relief road, but it's not a bypass because you're not bypassing the town. You're doing the exact opposite. No, no. It's the same with a prelude. So, no, this is a, a further prelude. And if I put in, if I make another one after this, I'll call it a further, further prelude. And you'll have heard it already if I did that. Uh, I don't know whether I did or not. Uh, well, I haven't done it yet. So I don't know whether I will or not. Well, it remains to be seen. Except for you, you've already seen. Uh, it probably just didn't occur to you at the time. Uh, assuming I didn't do a further, further prelude before this, it won't have occurred to you until this moment to check whether I did a, a, a further, further prelude. But it's never even occurred to you until I mentioned it just now. Uh, so it's always in a way. In a way, that's... Uh, that's uh, I'm probably overthinking this. Am I? Oh, yeah. Am I overthinking this? That's something I want to consider. Uh, no, I'm not. I've considered it, and no, I'm not overthinking it. I've given it very little thought, and I've decided I'm not overthinking this. So that's fine. Anyway, on with wherever it follows. This is a prelude to today's episode of Into Your Head Podcast Hello. Uh, today's episode of Into Your Head Podcast Hello has already mostly been made. I just wanted to add some more to it. And I don't think you should always have to add some more at the end. You can add some more at the beginning instead. Uh, there's no particular reason for a prelude other than I just wanted to put it in here. Uh, now I know most of the time, well most of the things we do in life like filling up a bath. You can't just decide, oh, it's three quarters of the way full now. I think we'll add the extra quarter uh, at the bottom. We'll add the extra bottom quarter of water at the bottom of the bath underneath the existing water no no that just doesn't work like that uh, but luckily in podcasting it does so it does work like that I go I uh, want to add an extra bit on to this episode but I don't want to put it at the end I want to put it at the beginning or somewhere in the middle no it works perfectly fine like this works perfectly fine the only time when it wouldn't work fine is if it turned out I didn't have anything further to say uh, that would be a problem and then I'd that that would be something you definitely should add at the end. Because if I'm at the beginning, I haven't even started the show yet, and I'm saying I don't have anything further to say, that could be off-putting for some listeners, especially new ones who haven't heard this program before, uh, which I'm hoping there are new ones, because we're back after a seven-year interlude with a new feed. Uh, I'm hoping there are new ones. There better be new listeners, because if it's not, then this is fucking ridiculous. The same three people who are listening seven years Years ago, uh, there used to be seven of them, but I presume half of them are dead by now. Uh, I haven't analysed the listenership figures, by the way. I'm just, that's just, I'm just assuming that's how it'll work. Anyway, on with the show. Join me at the tremendously exciting moment. It's into your head, number 796. We've a lot to get on with today. Items that need to be attended to. Issues that need to be addressed. Topics. Ooh, topics. We've got lots and lots of topics. We're positively booming to the scenes with topics. We've got topics coming out of uh, topics coming out of this harmonica. This harmonica here that's sitting in my frigging 
Oh, it's sitting in my cup holder. It's been, oh, it's been sitting barely used at all for the past seven years. Because uh, I'm just back from hiatus. Uh, I think I used it two weeks ago, did I? You can probably find out by listening to the episode before it asked. I don't know. I'm pretty sure I used it then. Uh, how often during a podcast series is it reasonable to use your harmonica? as a crutch, uh, bearing in mind that I've never learned how to play the harmonica and haven't got a note in my head. There's a question for you. If I was a, a trained, accomplished harmonica player, I'd feel oh, I'd feel justified in using this uh, at the end of every single segment, perhaps even doing a whole podcast series about harmonica playing. Uh, well, as it is, no, no, it's be a bit much. That would be overkill. Uh, there's probably already people here who turn off the minute I pick up my harmonica and go... There's people who can't stand us to think fuck off with your stupid fucking harmonica. You clearly can't have never played a musical instrument in your life. Uh, well, no, I may not be playing a musical instrument, but I'm playing you. Uh, I'm not sure how, but uh, the fact that I'm enjoying saying this means I'm playing you somehow. Somehow I've come out of this feeling better than you have. Uh, so, if you're one of these harmonica... Amateur harmonica player haters, uh, go and join some fucking thing on Reddit, some harmonica hatred group. You know you want to. You want to feel part of a community. You want to feel wanted. Uh, you don't really hate uh, amateur harmonica players who haven't got a note in their head. You just want to feel, feel part of a, a group of people who of like-mindedness. So you pretend you do, so you can get into a group. It's the modern-day equivalent of joining in a witch hunt because you want to be part of the team. Everybody else has turned against witches, so you have to turn against witches too. You have to say, no, I'm going to join with the majority of this community who are against witches. In fact, I'm going to order my wife, who happens to be a witch, to leave. I'm going to tell her, get out of here. Uh, You don't really tell her that, but you say that to your friends in the witch hunting community. You say, oh yes, I'm going to alienate myself from the rest of my family who are all witches. I'm not going to stand for that crap anymore uh, I'm going to make them eat separate table and then uh, I'll probably even time my meals so I'm not there when they're when they're eating I'll go out at those times and join the oh I'll join the posse and go around hunting for witches and trying to find them uh, now it's probably uh, rather dishonest of me not to start not to start my entrance to this community by saying there were witches in my house. Maybe we should start there and kill them. Uh, but no, I don't really want to kill witches. I just want to feed belong. I don't think... Is that unreasonable? I don't think it's unreasonable. Maybe at some point in the future, centuries from now, uh, people will think it's unreasonable. Uh, maybe they think it's unreasonable now, uh, but they don't want to say so because they're... Oh, they're going with the majority. So no, uh, for for the moment here in whatever the year is, 1452 or something, I'm an anti-witcher. So let's go off and hunt witches and then we'll go off and hunt down a buffalo and eat that. And then when we run out of buffalo, we'll go and hunt another. Wait a minute, what the fuck is this shit? Why is this shit I'm talking about? It's absolutely fucking ridiculous. Some, some shite about... Uh, hunting witches and buff. Why would they hunt a witch down and then hunt the buffalo? No, no. That'd be. You have to look after your. Has you ever heard of the pyramid? Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the famous pyramid that he has. Look, the heavy one learns in the first year in economics at school. This. Well, here's, uh, here's uh, Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs uh, it's basically a, a pyramid and the stuff at the bottom is your basic stuff the basic needs that everyone has to have first like oxygen and food and somewhere to sleep and all that and as you go further up the pyramid uh, you see stuff like luxury items and luxury and your hobbies such as for example hunting witches down but no uh, the hunting of buffalo would be right at the base of that pyramid in those days it would be a primary need and Maslow, Maslow's hierarchy of needs the very base of it is buffalo hunting or whatever the modern day equivalent of it is now uh, right now the hierarchy of needs is probably the just eat app 
on your phone that you use to order food when you can't be arsed to cook anything. You can't uh, dial up your just eat from the takeaway and say, hello, can I have some uncooked lettuce and scallions and an, a raw burger that I can put on the frying pan when it gets here and some uncooked bread to make buns out of. And no, no, that's, they'd laugh at you there. They'd say, why are you ringing up a fast food delivery outlet and asking for uh, uncooked food? That defeats the purpose. If you want to cook food, just cook it. Get it in the shop and cook it. And I'll say, but the shop, oh, my online grocery shop doesn't work like that because it's not in some city where you can dial it up and get it delivered 10 minutes later. No, no. You order it and it comes the next day at the... At the earliest, and by the next day, at the earliest, I'll be dead from malnutrition. So that's no use. Although I suppose I could order some. What in the name of Christ does that mean? I've no, I've no idea. I'm not quite sure the energy drinks and coffee are working properly today. Uh, now I know what you're thinking there. You're thinking a bad workman always blames his tools invariably. And that's true, that is a, that's a well-known saying, a bad workman blames his tools. Uh, but you added in the word invariably. It doesn't say invariably in the original proverb. It just says a bad workman blames his tools. It doesn't say he does it all the time. It doesn't even say he does it frequently or even more than once. It just says a bad workman blames his tools. Uh, so if one bad workman in the seven billion year history of planet Earth uh, or whatever... Uh, oh, however, the 14 billion year history of the universe. If one workman during that whole period blames his tools just once, uh, that proverb will be accurate. It says, a bad workman blames his tools at one particular point in in space at one particular time in history. Uh, but no, no, you don't go and just turn that into a thing just because it happens once. That's fucking ridiculous. Uh, if, my, if my cat comes in and vomits on top of another cat, I don't say, a bad cat vomits on top of another cat. I do not. Uh, for one thing, that's not a bad cat. That's a very entertaining cat. They're the, cats are here to entertain us. That's why we have them. And that's... Uh, if you, you're going to tell me that's not entertaining, who's entertaining? That's a good cat being a good entertaining little pet uh, by vomiting on another cat. Now, if you did that regularly, you would get a bit much. You get a bit repetitive. You get tired of it. That's like me starting every episode with you join me at a tremendously exciting moment. It's into your head. Number 596, we've a lot to get on with today, items that need to be attended to, issues that need to be addressed, topics, oh topics, we've got lots and lots of topics, we've got topics coming out of, uh, topics coming out of uh, this cup holder that, that's holding my harmonica over here, uh, it's not holding a cup, uh, I still haven't started using that cup holder as a cup holder again yet, that's exactly what it's for, it's on my frigging Portable podcasting setup trolley. It's supposed to hold a cup, uh, but I'm not going to use it because I haven't. I haven't glued it down yet. I'm not going to use it. Put a fucking thing of liquid on my podcasting trolley until the cup holder is uh, glued down. I'm going to glue it down with sticky pads so I can't knock it over and flood all my apparatus with coffee. No, no. The only apparatus that needs to be flooded with coffee uh, is the apparatus from which these words are coming out of. Now, I know what you're thinking there. Uh, You're thinking, oh, this is all very, uh, this is all, uh, I don't know, it's just very all. Uh, I don't know. I can't think of a word for it. That's why you're thinking. You're thinking, I can't think of a word for it. I can't even think of what the what the it is that I'm trying to think of a word for. Uh, so I have very little, very few communication skills and very little opportunity to use them even as, as a listener to a podcast. It doesn't really matter what I'm thinking because I can't express it. Well, that's not true. You can, you can email this program anytime at studio at into your head dot com and uh, I'll be happy to listen to any queries you may have regarding the content. That's no problem at all. No problem at all. I'm very well aware that you, the listener, don't have much of a, vo- a voice while you're listening to this. Uh, and the fact that I can pretend to read your mind doesn't really help. Uh, well, it helps me because it fills up some fills up some content. I can say, I know what you're thinking there. You're thinking... Uh, oh, you're thinking cats and vomitoriums and dogs. 
Uh, I wonder if he can put the three of them into a sentence. I make it sound good. Uh, well, I believe I just did. So there you go. QED, as they say. Quadrati demonstrandum, meaning which was to be proved. Uh, that's what they used to say. Well, that's what my ancient maths teacher used to say anyway. He'd say, here's a theorem. Uh, write up the proof. And then once you've proved it, you put at the end QED. It's Latin. Uh, I mean to think he was the only person in the world who did that though. Uh, he led us to believe that that was a big thing, the heavy fucking maths problem you solve. You put QED at the end of your proof and that's the thing. No, the only place. At that time in my childhood, the only other place I'd heard the term QED uh, was as the title of a, a BBC documentary series. I can't even remember what it was about. I think it was about a different topic every week. I think it was a topical documentary investigative current affairs series of some sort was was it even on the BBC I don't know it was on somewhere it doesn't really matter where it was on it doesn't matter at all it doesn't matter at all Uh, and then there was Panorama that was another one I remember the team tune for that. Well, they do the team tune for the BBC flagship current affairs long-running investigative documentary series Panorama. Nice as well. It goes some little something like this. I'm going to stop that there because that's I've just that's a particularly tiring song to perform on the harmonica. I had to do a lot of little tiny breaths in and do a staccato thing. Uh, it was very hard to to manage my airflow correctly. I'd like to. I'm 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 getting a new a newfound uh, respect for a real harmonica players because they have to do that. Uh, I was watching a video the other day about some harmonica player who's tried out a new type of. Uh, e-harmonica or something uh, that can has a switch on it so you can switch it and it imitates uh, eight or nine different other wind instruments and he plays that in his little band when he can't afford a trombone player or something oh he just does the trombone bit on his on his harmonica is absolutely fucking fantastic and also fucking ridiculous uh, what next that's like if you get a that's like if you get a guitar and you have a setting on it that says uh, make this sound like the drums and someone starts plucking the guitar and it comes out sounding like a drum beat absolutely fucking ridiculous although i suppose in a way that's what a bass guitar is uh, i remember the bass guitar player out of queen john Deacon. And he used to do a lot of that. A lot of that. By a lot of that, I mean play the bass guitar, uh, which you couldn't really hear. A bass fucking guitar is a weird job. Uh, well. Playing a bass guitar in a band is a weird job because nobody can fucking hear you. Nobody has any idea what you're doing there. You're plucking away at this thing. Everyone's just watching the real guitar player because he's doing all the impressive stuff that you can hear. But you're doing this bass stuff uh, that nobody can hear. They've no idea what sound you're making but you're still expected to dance around like you're playing some great tune. Absolutely fucking, absolutely fucking ridiculous. No wonder John Deacon decided to retire after Freddie Mercury died and never let his face be seen ever again. Uh, he just he, he was probably embarrassed after accumulating a wealth, um, a net worth of an estimated ninety million pounds sterling, uh, just for having a oh, just for having a tune that no one can hear. Although in his defence, he did write several successful songs, so maybe that's what the money was for. But still, he probably feels a bit stupid after all that. Well, if you're listening to this, John Deacon, don't feel stupid. He wrote some of the finest songs ever, ever known to man. Uh, you've uh, you've achieved plenty, so don't be all embarrassed about that. Just because I say you should, I don't listen to him. I don't know anything about anything. I know absolutely nothing about nothing. Uh, on with the show. Into your head. Two cats walk into a vomitorium. One of the cats goes straight up to the 
all straight up to the barman in the bar in the vomitorium and says, hello, can I have a, a pint of whatever, your finest, whatever makes you puke, please? Uh, preferably not too unpleasant, just unpleasant enough to make me puke. Uh, it'd be something that just slightly tastes like it might be slightly a few hours past its uh, used by date. Uh, just enough to make me puke, but not enough to make me feel like shit. And the man behind the bar says, "Certainly, sir. Uh, here you go. Uh, here's a pint of uh, here's a pint of Diet Coke, Coca-Cola Diet Coke, uh, not Coke Zero, uh, the one that tastes nice. This is the original Diet Coke, the one that tastes like crap. Uh, have a sip on that and see. But here, have a taster. I'll give you a taster of this. Uh, it's like like sampling a fine wine in a posh restaurant. Have a sample of this and see if you think it'll be enough to make you vomit." And the cat has a sip of the Diet Coke and he says, oh, that's great. That's that's perfect. That's it's just unpleasant enough to make me my system want to automatically purge it, uh, but not unpleasant enough to be for me to be conscious of feeling shit. That's fantastic. So it should be just enough for me to puke. Now all I need to do is eat something. Because if I don't, there's no point being able to puke if I don't have anything to puke up. I can't just be puking up. Uh, 500 milliliters of Diet Coke. No, no, that's not very satisfying. If you're just puking up beverages, uh, that's no, that's no more satisfying than going for a piss. It's like going for a piss, but it's coming out through your mouth. And uh, I would argue that's even less pleasant than having a piss. If I just wanted to, uh, puke up liquid or go and have a piss instead. And if I was bored of having a piss, uh, I'd go and have a sit down piss. And the man behind the bar says, wait a minute, you're a female cat. Don't you always do sit down pisses? And the cat says, I beg your pardon. And the man behind the bar says, I said, uh, you're a female cat. Hang on. No, I said, hang on a minute. You're a female cat. And then I said, uh, don't you always regularly have sit down urination sessions? You don't usually stand up. So uh, having a sit down would be uh, uh, not the norm. And the cat says, uh, why do you bring that up? That's a fucking weird thing to bring up. And the man behind the bar says, it was in response to whatever you said there. I can't remember exactly what. There was something about, I think you were saying if you're going to just puke up some beverages like Diet Coke uh, and no solids, you might as well just be having a piss. Uh, in fact, a piss would be... Uh, you are arguing that a piss would be more enjoyable than that, and you might as well just leave out the vomitorium trip altogether. And the cat says, oh, yes, I think I did say something like that, all right. Uh, but can we get on with it now? And the man says, certainly. Now, this is a bar. Uh, the only solids we provide are things like peanuts and crisps and stuff that'll make you more thirsty. Although, if you come in here in the afternoon, we have a full a full buffet, a full carvery lunch. Uh, it's absolutely fucking delicious. And the cat says, now, how will that help me? If it's absolutely fucking delicious, how is that going to help me? And the man behind the bar says, it's absolutely delicious, but it's also laced with uh, laced with food poison. It's got salmonella all over it. And the cat says, that sounds a bit much. That sounds a bit much. I know I want to puke, but I don't want to be fucking feeling like shit for two days after I puke. Oh, if that fucking, that defeats the purpose of going to a vomitorium. I come here to relax. I come here to relax, uh, have a couple of sips of Diet Coke and have something solid to puke up just for the fun. Uh, perhaps something. Uh, maybe bread or something that will line my stomach. Maybe that, Maybe I'll have that. If I have the bread to line my stomach first and then I have a... Uh, take a small dose of salmonella injected straight into my stomach. Uh, won't probably won't hurt so much because my stomach will be lined with wait. Is bread one of the things you have to line your stomach when you're going on a heavy night drinking? I think it is. I'm not sure. I can't remember. I'm not a fucking fifteen year old anymore, so I don't go around eating things to line my stomach just so I can go around recreationally getting drunk. No, no, I don't have that in my life anymore. All I have is my monthly trip to the vomitorium. And the man behind the bar says, that's fine. That's fine. Absolutely. There's no judgment here. You're perfectly entitled to do whatever you want. This is a vomitorium. You want to come here and oh, here and vomit and line your stomach or whatever else you said you were going to do. That's perfectly fine. 
and Cat says, I'm well aware that it's perfectly fine. You're the staff here. You've, you've, uh, I've been in here every month for three years, so I already know that you accept what I do as perfectly fine. Uh, you don't need to go te- keep telling me about it. I'm well aware of it. It's a bit, it's a bit weird, frankly, that he would say that. Uh, it makes me think that he are actually silently judging me and are just trying to, trying to restrain yourself from doing it out loud by saying things like, uh, oh, it's perfectly fine. You probably think it's not perfectly fine at all. You probably think I'm a weirdo cunt and that, I'm, uh, uh, that I should be ashamed of myself and that there's some kid in Africa who would love to line his stomach with bread and then uh, have a few sips of Diet Coke to start off the vomiting and inject some salmonella into his stomach. Uh, you probably think I should be ashamed of myself for withholding that from some starving kid on the other side of the world. And the man behind the bar says, You seem to think that you know an awful lot about what's going on inside my brain. And the cat says, Indeed I do. I've known you for three years now. And the barman says, You haven't known me at all. You come in here every couple of weeks and I serve you a drink. That, you know, that doesn't mean you know me. You're not a, it's not like we're having big long conversations. Well, except this one, of course. And uh, just, about every, just about every episode of Into Your Head podcast features one of our conversations conversations but no apart from that we we have very few interactions so you don't know me at all you don't know me at all in fact when you converse with me you only only talk about yourself Uh, so I know you Uh, that's what the barman says I know you Uh, you're that fucking cat and the cat says, uh, a simple sir would suffice. Oh, did you just did I just say you're that fucking cat? I'm a customer here. Fuck you. And the man behind the bar says, you can't just say fuck you. I'm the bartender here. Uh, fuck you. And the cat says, I think you'll find I can say fuck you. Let me, let me try it now as a demonstration. Fuck you, Mr. Barman. And the man behind the bar says, well, uh, you had the decency to add Mr. Barman to, uh, man at the end there, so I know not to take offence. So that's absolutely fine. I'm not offended at all. And the cat says, well, what would I have to do to make you offended? And the barman said, says, uh, you could uh, inject my salmonella recipe into your stomach uh, line your stomach with bread, uh, drink a couple of sips of sips of Diet Coke, spend all night having a lovely time vomiting in my vomitorium, and then leave without uh, leaving me a tip. That's what you could do to offend me. And the cat says, I can do that fine. No problem at all. I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll do it right now. Well, I'll start it right now. The whole uh, process will take several hours from from me coming in here and starting my order to ending the night on my last vomit of the night and walking out. At that point, that'll be when I don't tip you. Uh, so up until then, as far as you know, you'll be earning a tip from me. You'll be at your best. You'll be thinking, oh, I better be very nice to this fella. He's probably going to give me a nice big tip. Uh, I think he likes me. He comes in here every month and he says, oh, something. And the man behind the bar says, I never t- say said that you go in here every month and go, oh, oh, something. And the cat says, I know you didn't. I know you didn't. This is all inside my mind, not yours. Well, you relax there. You're not even real. You're not even real. Vomitoriums aren't even real. They're just a thing that... Uh, some child read about, some 12-year-old child read about her once in a history book about ancient Rome or on some fucking exaggerated history program on the Hitler channel and went, oh, vomitoriums, I'm going to tell everyone all about vomitoriums now. Uh, they're not real. Vomitoriums never existed. There was never a thing. People don't go around going into vomitoriums vomiting. That's not, that's just not a thing. People made all that shit up. All made up. It's up. The nearest thing I know to a vomitor- vomitorium uh, is the uh, Dublin City Centre, Jervis Street Shopping Centre. There used to be a hospital. Uh, there's a Tesco supermarket in there that's based in the basement, and it's in a room that used to be a morgue. That's the nearest thing I know to a vomitorium. Uh, I don't know. No. Oh. Can you vomit in there? Well, you're probably not supposed to, but that's not what he asked. I asked, can you vomit in there? Can you vomit in a basement supermarket that's in a building that used to be a morgue? You can. You certainly can. Now, whether you'll be a, a, 
allowed to continue vomiting there is another thing. But they can't. There's nothing a security guard can do to stop you from vomiting once you've begun. Uh, the only thing you can do is uh, keep watching you. And if you look like you're here for a good vomit, uh, then he can eject you. And even then, will he will he be within his rights legally? Can you eject someone from a supermarket uh, just for looking like he might be going to vomit for recreational purposes? I very, I very much doubt that. I very much doubt that. Although, even if that's the case, uh, if it's the case that you're not allowed to do that, uh, the security guard might not be familiar with the law. He might think you are allowed to do that in which case he'll do that and then where will your knowledge of the law get you it'll get you nowhere that'll that's where it'll get you your knowledge of the law will get you nowhere uh so if you want to become a fucking lawyer or a judge or something uh having a Oh, having a pastime of going around vomiting in supermarkets is something you'll have to put on hold until you retire uh, or until you have a residency in some university as a as a legal professor. Then you can do whatever you want in your spare time. Once you have a residency, you're, uh, you're, you're there for life. You can do whatever the hell you want. Uh, the students can't come up and have a protest saying, uh, this fella, this uh, professor here is going around condoning vomiting as a pastime. Uh, that's disgraceful. We want him out. Out, 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 out. <coughs> as uh, a student's union probably arrange a protest but there's nothing they can do if you've got residency here I think it's always they can demand that you give up your residency they'll say we're not going to come into lectures uh, from now on until that fella is gone we're going to leave and then what will you say to that? Oh, you'll say uh, I thought that fella on the podcast said that if I got a residency He's a professor in the university. I could just live my life out and have my vomiting career as a pastime and never have to worry about my job being at risk. Uh, but it seems like he's saying now that it is at risk because students just... Students don't put up with crap like that anymore in many of these universities. They'll say, we don't like that. He has to go. We're the bosses here. Uh, so I'm sorry if I've misled you into becoming a, a professor uh, while uh, also holding on to your vomitorium activities. Uh, I hadn't really thought it through yet. But in fairness, uh, I only said that about three minutes ago and you went off and became a professor on my advice without even listening to the rest of the segment. Uh, so you only listened to part of my advice. That's fucking ridiculous. You should have a bit, have a bit of fucking patience. Two vomitorium owners walk into a bar. One of the vomitorium owners goes straight up to the bar counter and says, Hello, can I, I have a pint of your finest Guinness, please? And the man behind the bar goes, Certainly, sir. Uh, but ho hold on a minute. Is this uh, two vomitorium stories walk into the bar being used as some sort of a, an intermission in the in the middle of a two cats walk into a vomitorium story? Uh, you're not afraid that'll confuse everybody. And the vomitorium owner says, I don't give a fucking shit. Why would I care about that? Why would I care how someone uses my life as a as a cheap story in some fucking thing in the middle of some other thing? It doesn't bother me at all. Well, I don't know why you even bring it up. Why do you bring it up? Uh, is it because it, we're from a vomitorium? You think bringing it up is relevant? Bring, uh, bringing it up or throwing it up or whatever you call it. You thought, oh, these two fellas now from the local vomitorium. And I'll just talk to them about bringing stuff up. Because it's a bit like throwing stuff up. And it'll be like a little, oh, it'll be like a little joke at their expense. Uh, well, it's not a little joke at my expense. Because uh, I'm not paying you a tip. I'm just paying you the exact cost of the point of Guinness and furthermore uh, we're not from the local vomitorium we're from two different vomitoriums uh, I'm from the local one but my friend there he's from a different vomitorium because we're two vomitorium owners uh, the answer the clues in the the clues in the question well except it's not a question the clues in the sentence
sentence two vomitorium owners walk into a bar uh, where the owners have two separate vomitoriums. Uh, you just uh, you just assume that we're partners in a in a vomitorium business. In fact, we are. We are partners in a vomitorium business. We own separate. We own uh, vomitoriums all over the world, and we own uh, two local vomitoriums. Uh, but we're not. Uh, oh, the two of us are. Oh, what the fuck? Uh, well, I suppose I was go- I was trying to say is you're partly right. Uh, we both own separate local vomitoriums, but they're run as separate businesses in which we each happen to be on the board of directors. We are two se- completely separate companies. They don't even have a, a parent company in common. It's just that both of us are on the board of directors of both of the vomitorium companies. But they're two separate, entirely separate and independent vomitoriums. I know what you're thinking there. That's really doesn't show much of a, a business sense for a director. Uh, so yeah, you're you're involved in two different vomitoriums, both of you, and both of you are on the board of directors of these two different vomitoriums. Uh, but you haven't bothered trying to merge the business or try to uh, try to connect them up in some way so you can reduce costs. That's fucking ridiculous, the barman says, and the vomitorium owner says, "How do you know what's ridiculous or what's not?" ridiculous how would you know that have you ever managed a vomitorium have you ever gone to college and done a a night course in how to run a vomitorium have you ever even done a fucking degree in commerce you probably haven't Uh, not that there's uh, no disrespect to bar owners but it doesn't hoping a bar owner doesn't make you an expert in vomitorium management just because people come into your bar and vomit uh, they don't enjoy that, by the way. They don't enjoy vomiting. In, in my in my business, people come in and they enjoy vomiting. They come in to do it for the fun. But no, in your business, vomitorium is a distraction from their fun night out. They, they suddenly have the need to vomit and they go and vomit and that's the least enjoyable part of their evening. Although, uh, if they're doing it right... Uh, They'll have that least enjoyable moment for about a minute and then they'll go back to enjoying themselves uh, if they're if they're good at it. But if they were really good at it, they wouldn't vomit at all. And if they really wanted to vomit, they'd go on a separate night out, a, a vomiting night out, and keep it separate from their alcohol drinking night out. So every second Thursday, you'd go for a vomitorium night out. And then the other Thursdays, you'd go for a, oh, a night of drinking. Uh, you don't have to mix the two. I know you can if you want. I just don't think you should. Uh, it's not It's not like wine tasting where you take a sip and you spit it out and that's enjoyable. No, that's not enjoyable. Well, it is enjoyable to some people. Some people. This isn't a fucking episode of Fraser. Uh, this is a This is a two vomitorium owners walk into a bar story that's an intermission in a two cats walk into a vomitorium story, I think, if I remember right. I'm not sure now. Was that what the original thing we're interrupting was? Uh, this mightn't even be an intermission. We might stick it on at the end of the programme after the whole uh, vomitorium uh, cats in a vomitorium story is done uh, or we might add it on at the end but then add a new segment of the original cats walking into a vomitorium story so it's no longer the, the middle has that occurred to you and the barman says none of this has occurred to me at all why would it occur to me what the fucking hell do you think i'm the fucking barman here and you're two vomitorium owners not very competent ones as we've already established and uh the other oh the other vomitorium owner gets up from his chair and comes over to the bar and joins them and says excuse me where are you getting that we're incompetent you just assume so because you heard that we haven't merged our two separate vomitorium businesses uh, for the purpose of oh for the purpose of uh, cutting costs uh, by having bigger numbers. Uh, no, no. We've intentionally kept our businesses separate so that they compete with each other. Uh, now, you might ask, why would we do that? Uh, and I'd say, uh, that's a good question. Uh, so you'd go ahead and ask it then. And I'd say, I heard you the first time. Uh, and the answer to that is, 
Well, the answer to that is I don't know, but the other fella here, my friend, the other vomitorium owner, he thinks it's a good idea. And he's the fella who knows all about the business. Uh, I'm more the uh, marketing person. I go around getting the, I go around rounding up the customers and getting them to come to the vomitorium. I've no idea. I've no idea really how the finances work or the investment, or how we run this as a business. Uh, that's why you have him on board on both of our vomitoriums. We specialise. It's perfectly natural. We special. That's why you have different directors. You have one financial director, and you have another who's good at marketing and sales and rounding up customers to come and have a good vomit in our establishments. And then you have uh, probably someone else who does IT. It is an IT fella. Now, he's not usually one of the senior directors, unless one of the directors has recently disappeared, gone to jail or something, and we need him. Uh, no, no, he heads up the IT department, but he's not really thought of as a, as a real director. He's not a serious person, usually. In any business, you have that. You have several directors, uh, but one of them is the IT fella, and no one really takes him seriously. You say, oh, yes, he was just listening to the finance fella and the marketing fella not the fella who runs with the computers plays with computers all day and can't figure out a fucking printer Ugh. and the man behind the bar says gentlemen what in the name of christ are we doing here what are we doing here? We've been sitting in a spare bedroom for 50 minutes now, uh, talking crap about a fucking uh, fictional vomitorium bar and another fictional vomit bar that vomitorium owners walk into in an interval and some other crap about a supermarket. This, uh, well, the supermarket is real. I mean, oh, I should just point out, the supermarket I was talking about earlier is real. It is setting a basement of a... A basement of a shopping centre that was once the hospital and the basement of that shopping centre used to be a morgue. So that was real. Just the part about going in and vomiting was fictional. Uh, but it was realistic fictional because that's a, that's a city centre supermarket and there's likely to be people going in there who are drunk, who've been drinking all day. Uh, and who are likely to go in there and possibly risk vomiting because they're going in there for the cheap, the cheap three liter bottles of cider. And that's what they're going in for. Uh, but I suppose that's to be expected. That's to be expected. Anyway, on with the show. And the man behind the bar says, "What do you mean on with the show?" And the vomitorium owner, who had till now been sitting down and has just come over to join the other vomitorium owner and the barman at the bar in their conversation, says, uh, What did you just ask me? I can't remember because uh, it took so long to, to re-explain who I am. And the man behind the bar says, I don't know. I, I think I asked you something, but I can't remember what it was. Because you took ages saying uh, the man who... You took so long uh, saying the man who was a vomitorium owner who had been sitting down until now had come over to join the other vomitorium and me at the, at the bar counter. Uh, that you forgot what the fucking question he was going to answer was. Uh, I think, had I asked the question, hi the barman, I'm not sure, can't remember. I'll find out when I go and listen to it, but I'm not going to do that, because that'll mean stopping this segment and then coming back to it. No, no, that's a, that'll just fucking stop my flow. That'll interrupt my flow, and then that'll just be stuck in here for another hour trying to finish the podcast. So no, we're not going to do that. Let's just suppose the barman asked something, uh, we can't remember what, although you probably can if you're listening, because you've had, you've been able to concentrate on that. So let's suppose uh, the, oh, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll do the, I know a way out of this now. Uh, the second vomitorium owner comes over to the bar and says, I'm sorry, I couldn't help noticing you asked a question, uh, but I came out holding gibberish. I couldn't understand the thing you says. And the barman says, Oh, well, everyone else understood it. Are you sure you don't, don't just have something wrong with your brain from all the vomiting? And the vomitorium owner says, I don't do any vomiting. You know, do you go up to fucking someone who runs a McDonald's and say, uh, is you, are you going fucking mad cow from eating all those burgers? You eat burgers day, morning, day and night. You do not, because you know full well, uh, just because someone manages a fast food restaurant doesn't mean they're eating fast food all day. They have a bit of a, no, no. Oh, they probably they probably eat far less fast food than the rest of us because they're sick to death of looking at us. Uh, they want to 
want to vomit at the very sight of it, and I know how they feel. I once worked in uh, a private library belonging to a government department, and I used to come in and I smelled of, oh, it smelled of dust and filth and muck, because there was a fucking hundred-year-old legal text in there that no one touched. Uh, so you'd come in, you'd smell the dust, and you'd smell the... The fucking disgusting sandwiches that someone got for lunch and was even lying around. It was a fucking disgusting smell. So if I went into that library, uh, I could well imagine wanting to vomit. Uh, and that proves that my point. Anyway, on with the show. Now, uh, I know what you're thinking there. You're thinking this episode is being very vomitory and bar-centric. Uh, and you'd be largely right about this if you just count the current episodes, but there have been almost 800 episodes of this podcast, and the vast, 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 vast majority don't mention vomitorians at all, and only, uh, oh, only a large majority mention bars, usually in the context of two cats walking into one. Uh, so no, don't be fucking judging me by my... Uh, I'm on a vomitorium thing for today, get over it. If you don't like it, uh, well, so what? It's a themed episode, it's perfectly reasonable. You come up with a theme and you do a whole episode revolving around that theme. I don't think that's unreasonable at all. If you think that's unreasonable, uh, then you probably have a problem with my harmonica playing as well. If I, so if I were to come in here and just do this... You'd go, oh, for fuck's sake, he's doing, the, he's doing the harmonica thing again. I wish he'd just stick to the vomitorium stuff. And if you say that, I say, certainly, back to the vomitorium stuff we go. Uh, two vomitorium owners, uh, two vomitorium owners who've been barred from directorship of any vomitoriums for the next five years, and they're no longer technically vomitorium owners, although they, they still, their family still has control of the vomitorium. They've just had to, they got their, they handed over the directorship to their wives or something, so they can still indirectly own the vomitoriums and circumnavigate the court order. That's probably technically illegal. You could probably, if anyone could be arsed to do it, they could probably go back to the court and tell them, that, that bar... That vomitorium director owner uh, is not sticking to the to the terms of his uh, five-year ban from directorship of a vomitorium company. Uh, he's effectively uh, got someone else in as his representative who's in under his control. He's got a family member who's under his control, and he's the, he's basically still effectively the controller of the company through them. Uh, and the judge will say, uh, excuse me, do you mind? I'm in the middle of a fucking traffic case here. I'm trying to get this fella who was doing 61 miles per hour uh, in a 52 mile per hour zone convicted. And you just come barging in here like nothing else matters. And you just come in here and start going on about that. No, no, wait until your case is called. Have you even got a case booked? Did you ring up the... the uh, Oh, I bet you you didn't. I bet you, you didn't ring up the court and say, Hello, I'd like to book a trial for this this afternoon, uh, 10 minutes past two. I'd like you to, oh, just in, I'd like you to break out in the middle of the traffic court cases and take my trial, if you don't mind. I'm in a hurry, so I'll, I'll it'll be like one of those fucking, uh, Medical shows, you always see these medical shows where there's some surgeon uh, who has to do the surgery. So he comes in, he waits until everyone else has the fella cut open on the operating table. And he comes in and does his bit. And then he's so busy, he says, yeah, someone else can sew sew him up now. I have to go on and do my other surgery things. And then he runs off. Uh, That's what that fella is like, going into the court saying, ah, can you handle my my thing here now and then when you're finished I'll just run off and get on with my life well no you're not that important and you're not that busy so don't give me that crap okay how for my course uh, I'll have I'll have you I'll, oh I'll have you barred from uh, I'll have you barred from acting as a lawyer in vomitorium director suspension cases from for five years and then that'll be 
And tell you what, that'll make the whole thing even more confusing. Absolutely fucking ridiculous. Get out of my course. Get out, 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 get out. Has someone tell me has he left yet? I don't want to look because I don't want to give him any more attention. Because he shouldn't be allowed to get the attention of the course just by barging in. So I don't find him to know that he don't get that reward. So someone else just watch him and tell me when he's left. I don't want to watch him. I don't want him. Or maybe I suppose I could uh, put my hands over my face and peek out through a tiny slot between my fingers and watch to see if he's left. Uh, but he can probably hear me saying this so he knows I'm doing that. So he'll get the satisfaction. He'll go out thinking, oh, that judge doesn't want to interrupt his his traffic cases for me. And he's trying to pretend that he didn't get his attention. But he's obviously watching me through the, through the gap in his fingers. He's holding over his face uh, so he's he's noticing everything I do so I did get his attention even if he won't rule on this rule on my case yes uh, no the judge says I don't want to do that uh, but I'm going to do it anyway I'll do the hand thing now and uh, I probably shouldn't commentate you know what? that's what I should have done I should cover my hand with my face and look out between my fingers but not say why I'm doing that and then he'd he wouldn't get the satisfaction of knowing whether I've still noticed him or not. Uh, but I suppose a bit late to do anything about that now. Uh, anyway, will the next traffic case please come up? And then someone, someone, one of the, oh, one of the defendants, solicitors or something will say, uh, Your Honour, if it be pleases you, uh, we hadn't finished the current case yet. You were, you were on the speeding fine thing. And it just says, oh, okay, suppose we'll get on with that. So we'll get on with that. So uh, what speed were you going at, sir? And the sir will say, I was going 56 miles an hour, your honor. And then uh, the man in the the man in the wig will ask the, uh, the other party, uh, what speed was he going, sir? And he'll say, uh, he was going 53 miles an hour as the crow flies. Uh, but he was going, oh, he was flying through the air, basically. Because he just, he'd be, it was a mountain road and he was going so, he was going so fast, he was jumping over the dips in the road, flying. So we're going a lot, a lot more directing if you just stick to the tarmac. Because uh, there's all these dips and rises in the road. Uh, so every time he gets to the top of a rise in the road... Uh, he's going so fast, he jumps over, he leaps over like a like a stunt car le- leaping over a load of other cars, except it's just over a little dip in the road. Uh, it's very bad for your tyres, probably wrecks your suspension as well. So I suppose, in a way, the damage he's doing to his car in the long road run is punishment enough uh, for his uh, breaking of the speed limit. And the judge says, excuse me, the judge will say. Uh, he hasn't been convicted of any offence at the moment, uh, so you have no business talking about punishment yet on such t- until such time as you've proved him guilty and I've accepted your you as proving him guilty. Then we can talk about punishment, but until then, no, there'll be no talk about punishment in this court. There'll be none of that crap. We do things properly here. This isn't some sort of fucking TV procedural drama. Uh, well, except for that surgeon who just came in. He think- He's in a TV procedural drama but it's a hospital drama and if you're a that's the worst thing uh, if you're in a fictional court the worst type of fictional court to be in is one that's in a medical drama like house or something so it's not even a med a legal drama you just appear in one or two episodes where the doctor house has to come and defend himself in court for something he did that was allegedly terrible uh, but you're just some fictional judge and you don't even get the satisfaction of knowing you're in a legal drama or that the story is about the law because it's not about the law at all it's about having this fucking long-running medical drama where some some surgeon has got away with so much crap that it would be ridiculous not to have him have to explain it in front of a judge at some point because otherwise it'll be ridiculous but he always gets cleared so he can go on do another three or four seasons of whatever fucking medical crap he does and we can all enjoy it saving the knowledge that it's relatively realistic because he does have to answer before the law at some point and get his comeuppance anyway 
on with the end of the show, or the middle of the show, or wherever this is. Is this the final segment? I don't know yet. I don't I don't know yet. It depends on how it works out. Uh, so I'll just add in, anyway, good morning, uh, just in case it is the end of the show. And if it's not the end of the show, I can cut that out. I can say, I'll cut, I'll get my fucking editing tool and go, that bit where I says, uh, anyway, good morning, needs to be removed, because it's not the end of the show. Uh, although there's nothing wrong with saying good morning earlier on in an episode, I suppose. If I say anyway, good morning, that really sounds like it's the end of the show, so I better just use it there. This episode is confusing enough as it is. Anyway, good morning. <laughs>